1: Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, we are here to talk about one of the transfers for Carolina this season. We are going to be doing this here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully, you know, able to get most of these in here this week. But over the next couple of weeks, we're going to take a look at At the eight transfers that Carolina has landed, still a possibility that Carolina could look to add somebody else here before it is all said and done. But so far, eight guys are in, and we are going to take a look at each one of them with the help of some guys who covered them, whether it was through a blog, through a podcast, uh, through a newspaper. We're going to have them come on with us and talk a little bit about who is coming to Carolina, what those guys are bringing to the table. And today, we are starting out with Russ Heltman. He's a guy who covers the Bearcats for the SI site for them, uh, also covers the Cincinnati Bengals for SI, and does host uh, at a radio station in Cincinnati, WKMT. And uh, we, we talked to him today, and... Guys, uh, you know, the first thing that, that we had to ask him about, and I'll take a few seconds here and, and sort of uh, delve into this just a little bit because this is something that not only is a big storyline around the world of football in general, but it's also a big storyline in the ACC because DeMar Hamlin, who collapsed on the field last night. In Cincinnati after what looked like a routine hit went into cardiac arrest. Uh, They administered CPR on the field for uh, around 10 minutes. The AED was used to supposedly restart his heart on the field. He was then escorted uh, shortly afterwards to uh, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center where he has been receiving uh, care. He is currently in stable but critical condition. His vital signs are normal, but uh, as of last night, he was put into a medically induced coma. Uh, as you know, I, I've come to understand via the, what I've seen on social media. Again, not a medical expert, but uh, it, it's definitely uh, not the greatest thing in, in the world, but considering the circumstances, uh, it, it certainly is good news to hear that his vital signs are normal. But this is a guy that, you know, played. A lot of people may not remember uh, him, you know, from his time against Carolina. Um, I, I know, you know, that he, he did play in a few games against them. He was a, a member of the secondary for the Pitt Panthers. Um, so the Tar Heels did face him a few times throughout his career. But, um, you know, a guy that was widely regarded as, as one of the just kinder souls in the. ACC. I read, you know, an article earlier today from Mike Farrell, who did some stuff for Rivals. Now has his own website uh, that he writes for, and he, uh, you know, he said this was just one of the kindest people that you will meet on the recruiting trail. He's a guy that uh, had donated just so much time and energy uh, to nonprofits, and uh, I, I think that is he's really an amazing guy when you hear some of the tales that have been told about him here over uh, these last uh, you know few hours. Um, really almost now, probably 15, 16 hours uh, since it, 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 you know it happened on the field last night. And, and I think it's just you know it's amazing to hear those stories and see you know the generosity that he had, you know his, his toy his toy drive. Um, which is something that clearly meant a lot to him. It was actually the last thing that he had posted on his social media page uh, before uh, you know everything that went down last night. Uh, it was seen as a, a pretty big success, it, it appears. Um, and this is something that he's been very passionate about um, and I, I it's the, the outpouring the, the outpouring of support, has simply been outstanding. There's a GoFundMe page, and you can find it just about uh, anywhere. I'm actually going to retweet it uh, on my page, put out a tweet myself actually uh, on the page um, to you know sort of direct you guys in that direction. Um, and, and look, it, it's it, it's amazing what he has been able to do, you know, with that just before all of this happened. But uh, it's called the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive. And his goal when he started this was to raise twenty five hundred dollars. Um, and before all this was was done, Bills Mafia, um, the Bills fans, as they you know that's what they call themselves, they had done a tremendous job of raising a lot of money, um, way over that, about twenty five thousand, um, and that was seen as a huge success. Well, since last night. This has jumped from about twenty five thousand to as of when I'm recording this, four thousand or excuse me four million seven hundred thirty three thousand eighty dollars and it is amazing the outpouring of support that you have seen from everybody around the you know NFL community fans of many different teams have come out in support and people that are just general football guides, people involved in all levels of football have come out and shown support for this. Tom Brady, the starting quarterback, many regarded you know regard him as the greatest player to ever play the game. Um, there was you know a donation from him as of earlier today. Uh, Field Yates actually put that out just a short time ago. Uh, that, where he donated ten thousand dollars, so everybody is doing their best to support what is just an, an unbelievably difficult situation. Um, and we here at the Heel Tough Blog podcast, we, we do want to, you know, extend our thoughts and prayers to the family of Damar Hamlin, and we do encourage that if you are somebody that is, you know, a praying, you know, a, a religious person, uh, that you do pray as well. And you know, just in general, that you do send your thoughts uh, to his family, um, who was there last night, which is you know kind of a good and bad thing. It's good for the fact that they were able uh, to be around him and and try. You know, they're going to be with him in Cincinnati uh, for for the time being. But I just can't imagine what that family is going through, having witnessed that on the field. And we are just hopeful that he will be able to, you know, return to. A uh, somewhat normal life at, at this point. And, you know, if that involves football or not, more than likely it won't. Um, th- then, you know, it, it, th- so be it. But I, I think that's ultimately what everybody is hoping to see a- at this point. And so we had to start by asking Russ Heltman about that and, and his thoughts last night, a game that uh, he was actually covering. Um, for uh, the site that he writes for and, and here's what Russ had to say.
0: But it's completely unprecedented and just shocking to go from the high highs pregame. I was actually down at the tailgate covering it for another outlet and just getting the entire environment right up in your face. You see all the Bills fans, all the Bengals fans going at it. It felt like a playoff game and then it had kind of the the, the feeling a playoff team would feel after they lost in the entire stadium right when that play happened and just the entire moment kind of dragged on it felt like for 10 15 then you go on 20 minutes they're still out there on the field it was shocking definitely to say the least and i was actually having to kind of run point for the website last night because our guy james rapini's they're usually always covering it on site at the stadiums for uh, for the Bengals coverage and the internet went out at pacor stadium so i was having to kind of scramble and, and make sure we kept all our ducks in a row with the information and all the updates they were giving. But yeah, as of now, when we talk on this show, uh, this recording, I don't know if we're going live or not, but Demar Hamlin's still at University of Cincinnati Medical Center' in stable but critical condition mm-hmm. and the family, quote unquote, taking it minute by minute, hour by hour. one of those just freak situations that you never, ever want to see or ever think you'll see on a football field and it took a really remedial children's game and put it into perspective in 20 minutes time last night.
1: Yeah, you you are a hundred percent right about that, and I I think it just you know kind of puts into perspective you know that this is a game. They are entertainers that are out there, and um, you know sometimes there are things that mean a little bit more, even though you know there there are you know d- division hopes on the line, there are uh, seeding hopes in, in the AFC on the line, and ultimately I think we can all agree that they made the right decision. Um, even you know today on, on the day of recording uh, to. To, you know, sort of push it off and say that it's not going to be played uh, during this week, and they're going to kind of let both teams uh, have a chance to heal. Um, also, you know, there there seems to be, um, you know, from from what is being stated in the release that Roger Goodell put out today, uh, that there are there is going to be a greater focus on uh, mental health and having mental health professionals available after this. So um, I think you know, it's a tough situation. You. And criticize how the NFL handled it on the field last night, but in the aftermath, it seems like uh, everybody's handling it well. And of course, uh, you know, Damar Hamlin and uh, the Hamlin family still thinking about them. Uh, if you are the praying type, please keep them uh, in your prayers uh, as he uh, is, is, you know, still uh, probably a long way from being out of the woods here. But hopefully um, th- this is something that, you know, will end up with, you know, a positive result and a positive story um when it's all said and done it's hard to make the transition one more more thing
0: Uh, yeah people do want to support if they want to show support monetarily for Damar, uh you can look up his group me or his uh, gofundme excuse me and uh, if you want to have a secure definite link to that gofundme i've posted it on multiple articles on all bangles uh today and you can find it there and it's uh just Really, any of the DeMar Hanlon articles I have a link to that GoFundMe there for people to support. And as we talk now, it's almost up to $5 million after starting around. 20,000 last night at the time of the injury really amazing support out of
1: people. Yeah, unbelievable and you love to see um, just the humility that people have shown and and yes, tremendous plug there. Let's make the 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 tough transition uh, to talk about, you know, what I originally reached out to you to talk about and it's, you know, a transfer kicker that's coming over Uh, from the University of Cincinnati after just one season with them, but a rather successful one. Ryan Coe is going to transfer into Carolina for his final season of eligibility, and... You know, th- this is one that, you know, Carolina badly needs this. Their kicker situation has been a bit of a disaster here over the last couple of years. So, you know, you guys brought him in as a transfer. He came from Delaware where he was pretty successful. You know, ultimately, what what should Torrio fans expect? A- and are they getting a guy that they can finally at least feel comfortable relying on?
0: I think so, Anthony. And whenever Drake May leads that offense inside the 45, 40, 35 yard line. I think you should be pretty confident that Ryan Co is going to be an 85 to 90, 95% kicker in that respect. He was really good for the Bearcats, a team that last year at this time found themselves in a similar situation to North Carolina, Cincinnati coming off of that college football playoff run had one of the three worst field goal kicking units in the entire country. It's amazing. They were able to win all those games, go, go, On that undefeated perfect season until the loss to Alabama with that bad of execution uh, in the kicking game. So you bring in Ryan Coe from Delaware, was third team all CAA in 2021, plays very well in 2022 for the Bearcats. I think it took him a little while to get acclimated. His leg with this kind of team, this kind of offensive environment, was a little shaky to start the season. Obviously missed a couple field goals against Arkansas uh, that would have made that game that much tighter. Missed two field goals in the 31-24 loss. Missed a 30-yarder, 30- 30 to 39-yard range field goal against Tulsa. But after that, he was largely lights out. Did not miss a field goal attempt from October 29th on. Was, Was really, really good. Hit multiple... 40-plus uh, yard shots. I uh, only had one field goal make from 50-plus, but they only asked him to go out there to hit one 50-yard field goal, and that was from 52 yards out. So I think, Ryan Coe, you're getting a reliable, strong, high floor, not necessarily high ceiling kicker, but from where these two programs have been at in terms of the Power 5 are Division one programs that Ryan Coe is headed towards in his career, This is just what the doctors ordered, and it looks like it should be a nice fit in North Carolina. And it was a quizzical exit for Ryan Coe out of this program, Uh, Anthony. I was really wondering, Justin Williams and I, the athletic writer, were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Like, if you're a kicker, I don't know what big reason you would have to leave UC, seeing as they were going to the Big 12 taking another step up in competition. Maybe he just wasn't a huge fan of Clifton and, li- and, and living in Cincinnati, and he was wanting to go down south a little bit and get the, uh, get the, the, the hickory vibes going to North Carolina. But Ryan Coe should be a nice addition to the UNC uh, attack. And at 83% field goal this year, 100% on 44 extra point tries, that's a pretty solid floor to work
1: with. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's honestly perfect because Carolina has, uh, you know, enter, entering this season they had m- missed or at least they were tied for the most misses in the entire country on field goal attempts since 2016, the last time that they really had a stable kicker uh, in Nick Wyler So uh, this is this is huge. Now you mentioned they only. Had him kick one from beyond 50 yards. When you talk about his range, because of course, you know, we, we see it so often in warmups and everything like that. I mean, is he a guy that you think can be trusted if they have to use him more often from 50 yards at Carolina, or is he a guy that is maybe a little bit limited to inside of 50 yards?
0: I would say 55 and n is going to be the range maybe 52 to 53 is the max and you know a lot of times when they would get in that situation where you could maybe attempt that 55 to 50 yard field goal they would just end up going for it Mm -hmm. it would be in that for in that midfield range 35 to uh, the opponent's 35 to 45 yard line and luke fickle traditionally a pretty aggressive coach uh, would opt to go for it most times in that scenario, or they would punt a lot of times. It seemed like, to me, they weren't quite super confident in trusting Co from 53, 54, and beyond. So they, they would usually go for the uh, fourth down conversion opportunity there, or they'd uh, rely on Mason Fletcher, the AAC Special Teams Player of the Year, to pin teams back deep.
1: Yeah, and I think that the thing is, is Carolina's offense very similar. Um, and, that, you know, right. that was... Yeah under Phil Longo we'll see with chip Lindsay but it feels like that's something that Mac Brown you know ha- has really focused on is being aggressive especially on fourth and short so yeah maybe that's a scenario where Carolina doesn't lean on him but even if he can be you know close to automatic inside of 50 yards that would be a major difference from Noah Burnett who struggled down the stretch of the season the last thing I want to ask you about Co is Carolina you know is still potentially looking for a guy to replace Jonathan Kim, who left midseason, as a kickoff specialist. He handled those duties. I know at Cincinnati. Is he a guy that's pretty close to automatic on touchbacks, or is he someone that you know the coverage unit for Carolina is going to have to really rally around to help him out?
0: He was pretty, pretty automatic. There weren't a lot of... Uh... Bad kicks, I would say, low hang time kicks, leaving them at the 5, 10, 15 yard line, anything like that. To me, I don't, I don't, yeah. The Bearcats did not allow a kick return touchdown this year. I don't believe they gave up a return of over forty yards uh, the entire season. So, Co did a good job as a kickoff specialist in that sense. And like I mentioned, doesn't have a massive, massive leg. Not going to boot it through the end zone a lot of times, but he's going to give you that kind of split second, I need to think about this as a returner catching this five yards deep in the end zone, as opposed to I'm going right out if I'm five yards outside the end zone in terms of, you know, judging whether or not I'm gonna get past the twenty five yard line and justify the decision to forego the uh the
1: uh touchback. Well, that's good. And I think that that's pretty much all you can hope for. Carolina's coverage units are pretty solid towards the end of the season. Hey, Russ, thanks so much for stopping by with us, man. Uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, best of luck. I know this has to definitely be a tough time uh, for you writing there for uh, All Bengals. Uh, guys, make sure you check out uh, everything that, that he writes uh, over there uh, on that side of things uh, at All Bearcats as well for his Cincinnati coverage. And he can check. Check him out on Twitter at Russ Heltman, H-E-L-T-M-A-N-11. Uh, so, thanks so much for stopping by, man. We really appreciate it.
0: Hey, it was a lot of fun, Anthony. Glad to chat with you. And uh, good luck to the Tar Heels this year. I'll, I'll be uh, tracking them from afar for sure.
1: All right. Thanks so much. Good luck for the Bearcats too, man. Appreciate you. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football. And it all comes down to the national championship game, which is happening on Monday. My go to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. Personally, I'm going to be putting my money down on Georgia. I think they should have this one pretty easily after they struggled against Ohio State, TCU. I think they exhausted a lot in that game against Michigan. But ultimately, what do you guys think? Right now, new customers can bet $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings' same-game parlays. I've loved using the same-game parlays. I, you can couple you know, a couple of different bets together And when you pile it up, it will get you more money. And it's so simple to use. That's why I use it as my go-to site. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough blog and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcast all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter. At Healtuff Blog on Twitter. Make sure you give it a follow. And you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog, at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnata, myself, at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at Hack 2 for our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. We really do appreciate uh, Russ Helpman for dropping by with us, guys. Uh, definitely. You know, tough for for him to talk about the situation with Demar Hamlin. But we appreciate uh, the words that he had to say about that. And, of course, we do appreciate him helping us uh, to learn a little bit more about Ryan Coe. You can head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, to check out all the coverage that we have up there. Uh, Ryan Coe, the article back from when he committed as a transfer is up there. You guys can check that out to learn a little bit more about what the Tar Heels are getting in him. And we've got the articles under the Transfer Portal category on the website. If you go to News, you can search the different categories. It'll be right there under the Transfer Portal uh, News, and you can check all of that stuff out. Carolina, again, eight commits in the Transfer Portal, and we are going to be rolling through those. Uh, coming up tomorrow, originally what was supposed to be our first one here, but because of the circumstances, um, we, we are going to move this one ahead of that one. And so tomorrow we will be uh, giving you a, a little bit from Carter Hill, a guy who covers Virginia Tech um, for you know, a multitude of outlets. He'll be talking about Armani Chapman, so make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for that. On the podcast side of things, tabs at the top of the page, for uh, those as well, both that and the Four Corners podcast, you can check those out uh, up there. We'll of course have you covered on any uh, of the other moves that Carolina has um, on the football side of things. As we are now into the offseason. final grades are not too far off here. Uh, do want to uh, you know get through uh, this next uh, you know few days or so? It looks like uh, Mac Brown is going to be making some decisions on the direction of the, his staff. Moving forward Um, and I have an article up on the website or that's going to go up on the website here shortly Uh, as to whether or not Carolina uh, should, you know, keep some coaches or let them go. We did it last year. Uh, It's called Should They Stay or Go, and uh, we'll have that up there for you guys to take a look at here later on this evening, so keep an eye out for that. And then, of course, on the basketball side of things, Josh is going to have you covered with the Wake Forest game coming up tomorrow night. He'll have the preview for you, the recap, and he'll be taking you throughout the rest of conference season Carolina looks to rebound from a disappointing loss to the Pittsburgh Panthers. So, that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank Russ for stopping by with us. want to send our prayers once again, our thoughts and prayers to the family of Damar Hamlin during this time. And I uh, want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, Go Tar Heels.